Hey, you damn guys. Welcome to Book Club Member Comics. My name is John Salinas, and I'm here with... Aubrey Lovelace. Hey. Hey, we're back Happy from, New Year. Yes. Happy New Year to all of our Book Club members. We're back from our little holiday break here. I hope that everybody had a good holiday. Um, I hope that you have a good New Year's and all that stuff. But enough with all that. We're not here to talk about New Year's or holidays. Time doesn't mean anything, actually. <laughs> you might be listening That's to this true. on a at some other time of the year. I don't year, fucking so care what year matter. it is. Yes, it doesn't matter. You, so, you might be listening to this in 2064, and it's a July yeah, 23rd. There you go. There you go. That's a very specific date. But all if- knowledge is ultimately based on that which we cannot <laughs> prove. Will you fight or will you perish like a dog? This is our book club podcast. We're reading Wait, comics. Wait, that's a song, right? This is our book club podcast. We're reading comics. We're talking to our friends. And here's Danielle to tell you all about it. Oh, <laughs> I'll never tell you all about it. You will. Oh, man. You'll so tell we, them all about gonna, it. You will tell us. We're going we're gonna to read a thing, and we're going to tell you what we're going to read, and then you read that thing, and then we read it, and we talk about it, and you listen to us talking about it, and then you're going to talk about what we talked about when you listen to us talking about it. That's a, hey, you damn guys are going to send us like an email or an electronic message of some kind. And then we're going to talk about what you talked about when you talked about us talking about what we read. And that's a book club. And that's friendship. Back to you, John. Do you tell also. us what we're talking about? I will do that. You also. will. <laughs> get it? I do. Is that good? I get it. It's you like good. it? That's yeah. real good. It's good. It's good. Yeah, yeah. it's good. <laughs> yeah. So I hope that uh, all of you guys have read. I hope that you guys have done a lot of comic book reading. Uh, I've read a ton of comics uh, while I've been off because I've been off from work. I also took off from the podcast. We also didn't have band practice. So it's been kind of nice. You know what I mean? I'm the kind of guy I that's like. I love band practice. I, 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 I know. Band I, practice. I, 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 I do love it and I do miss I it. Miss but it, it. it is a time commitment. Yes. And when I have all this free time, I can just like read all these comics. Mm. So, um, so wh- I did want to read. I did want to talk about um What did you read what are you reading, John? I, I guess we'll talk about we'll catch up more on this on the Hellboy Book Club podcast, but I read about forty Hellboy comics or Hellboy related comics. I read like a ton of I don't know if it was actually that much. Wow. But it was probably more like twenty comics. I read a stack of Hellboy comics, like I've caught up on everything. So I'm all caught up with the Hellboy universe up till now. So there's this one series that I picked up. It's called Leonide the Vampire. And it's written oh. uh, I've seen the Seen the covers for that. Yeah, yeah. it's written by Mignola. Sounds very Mignola. And the art is by Rachel Aragno. Oh. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Oh. Aragno. Um, Can I see the cover? It says Leonide the Vampire. Yes, Vampire. Vampire. And there's two issues. I think you, you would love like this series. The Vampire. The Vampire. <laughs> I think that you would love this series. Okay. Um, there's only two issues out right now. Okay. It's really good. But God, it was. Ah, uh, I don't want to say anything. I can't wait to read it. It's it, it's spoiler of me to say anything, but there was something that <laughs> happened uh, in that book that I was blown away by. It looks it was, cool. It, it was incredible. So I love yeah, the font. Um, I definitely recommend. There's two issues out right now. That's really good. It's a great font. Um, I've been wanting to read this Alex Ross uh, Fantastic Four Full Circle. Oh right. This is the yes. Alex Ross thing that came out. Um, so I picked that up. Our local comic book store, Bedrock City. Shout out to them. So like you brought that home and i was like oh give yeah you know and so well i, like, I wasn't done talking about bedrock but, no, but, for I, a second. You say, but I opened it and like the colors looked great so i can't wait to read that also yes, anyway yes. please bedrock no, city, bedrock city this them. is this is a great comic book store i don't know if everyone else's comic book store throws awesome. a christmas party for all their subscribers and they have sales and food and drinks and all and raffles but my comic and book every store every single person that works there is 
so friendly, yes. like the friendliest person really you've nice. ever met. Yeah, so um, I was there, and I was actually doing some holiday shopping there, but I had to buy one thing for myself. Yes. And it was this Fantastic Four full circle. I read it. It was amazing. Alex Ross has definitely taken like a different style to his colors. Um, I love seeing the depiction of the Fantastic Four. I love the, the different stuff that he did in there. It was a little heady. Like, okay. that's right. one of the things that I love about Alex Ross, sure. but it's also like, uh, you've read Marvels. We've read Marvels, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. And you've read Marvels as well, Aubrey, right? That is correct. Yeah, so um, <laughs> when you read Marvels, there will be like quick little vignettes, little like just one-shot things that are meant to encapsulate like a whole idea or era. But all those little vignettes are actual stories. Like, uh, like this is Avengers 257 where they fought this guy. Oh, right, And you're yeah. seeing it from a different yeah. point of view. And I never He's caught, a big fan of that. When, when I read Marvels, I never caught all those references. Recently, they came out. In the last couple of years, they came out with Marvels annotated. Maybe I knew some of them. Really? Maybe I knew some of those references, but... Um, that Marvel's annotated really goes through and it tells you ev- what every single one is. Oh, and so this Fantastic Four, I felt like it was referencing stuff that I didn't know. Right, like you got just like a feeling. Right, like I'm missing you know what out I mean? Something. Like I feel like sure. there's, I loved it as on the surface, right. but I felt like there was more to it if I knew more about the Fantastic Four and the negative zone and all that stuff. Sure, like if you were like an ultimate you know what I Fantastic mean. Yeah. Four so fan. Okay. I think it's like a love letter to Fantastic sure. Four and stuff like that. So I felt like now I want the full circle Everything annotated Everything Alex Ross version. illustrates yeah. seems like a love letter. <laughs> I want to read this. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I just felt like, am I dumb? Like when I was reading, I was like, am well, I no, stupid? just because you don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of Fantastic Four doesn't make you. Um, I also read the first eight issues of the current She-Hulk run. Oh, um, really? I had that on my box, so I caught up to that. You as have well. been reading a lot of comics. Uh, I, you know, I, I bought it because of the Jen Bartel covers. Sure. Um, she has these amazing I covers. I love those covers. Love and, Jim and, and, and amazing. She's amazing. She's um, amazing. The yes. book is by Raoul and Mariska. It's a good book. It's fun. There's a lot of fun stuff that happens. You know, uh, she, one of the things that happens, I don't think this is a spoiler, but She Hulk and Titania, like, they get tired of just fighting all the time, so they start a fight club because they're like, all we really want to do is like sure. throw, hit you with a signpost or right. whatever. So they just start a fight club with a bunch of other um, strong Sounds great. Char- female characters. <laughs> they start like a, you know. That's awesome. Uh, I love that. Absolutely, so that's yeah. like one aspect of it. But I feel like nothing happens. Okay. I feel like I've read eight issues of it and it's fun and it's funny. But it's like there's this one character, Jack of Two Hearts. He was like, he died, but now he's back. And like he yeah, can't the, he he can't remember who yeah. he is, and this has gone on for the entire eight issues where mm. he's just like I can't remember, and it's like you think they're gonna go somewhere with it, but they haven't, and it's like how long is this gonna drag on? It's sure, a fun book, sure. it's a fun book, but it's also like anyway, I, I'm enjoying me. that. I love something that is about nothing. I'm sure. a huge okay. fan of just characters interacting with each other ad nauseum. I want nothing but characters. That's it. And so I think you can see this in the things that I watch and the things that I yeah. read. I just want character driven everything. Okay, yeah. And so stuff like that sounds something like I would I feels like I would very much enjoy that. It's fun. It is fun, but I I'm, I'm going to keep reading it. I want to see where it kind of goes with it because it is a fun book. It's it's lovingly drawn. There's a lot of great character moments. There's a lot of fun stuff, a lot of fun yeah. beats, but I just don't know where they're going That's with the thing, this. That's the thing though, is I'm all about thing. that. Anyway, I love maybe, maybe you love <laughs> so it. So much. Then. You're always coming up to me like, what are you watching? And I'm like, oh, 
I'm watching the most boring movie ever. I love it. It's yeah. the best movie. It's so boring. It's just people talking to each other the whole time. Fabulous outfits and furniture and just people just talking. I love it. I think there are some other things that I'm forgetting that I also read. Um, I read some random issues of Batman Urban Legend um, and stuff like that. There are some random image issues that I read. So I have to make like a comprehensive list and come back. But anyway... <laughs> what, what about awesome. you, Aubrey? Have you done anything with your spare time? Well, I've I, I just been working, but I did read Kashi, the first issue of Kashi in Hell. Oh, yeah, I read oh, that. I yeah, read that. I yeah. read that. It was good. Oh, my God. I haven't I, read well, that I, yet. I, okay, so I read it the day after or two days after we recorded the last time, and then I called John, and John's like, I've been reading all this Hellboy stuff. I haven't read that issue yet, and I'm like, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but you read something before I did. Yeah. It, is that the first time that's happened, maybe? I think it is. <laughs> Aubrey, you I should really send in a hey, damn guys about it. Well, I watched uh, some a bunch of old movies, but I watched Top Gun Maverick. Oh, we watched, yeah. watched that. Okay. We watched I liked that. it so much, I showed it to my mom the next day. Yeah. I don't know if I watched it as much as I... It was on and I tuned in and out of it. It was fun. I it, it was. In, I love that. Yeah, movie. it was fun. So it's so dumb. I mean, it's but I so love dumb. Top Gun. Mm, here's the thing: they were like, I thought they were gonna have something else happen besides it just be the Top Gun movie right, again. Right. And also, in the first Top Gun, they have this character Charlotte or Charlie. Call right? sign Charlie. Yeah, Kelly McGillis. Kelly, yes, Kelly McGillis. And so. She wasn't asked back for the new Top Gun movie, and it's heavily implied that it's because of her age, which is ridiculous because Tom Cruise is the star of this movie, but we're not going to ask back an actress that's his age because that's ridiculous. She's too old. Okay. So they have uh, Jennifer Connelly, who is great. Jennifer Jennifer Connelly is great. Uh, she plays this character named Penny. Okay. And then in the new Top Gun, the new love interest, right? Of like a supposedly an old flame or whatever, which is fine. It's all fine. Obviously, that's fine. But it's also like, okay, I get like everyone's back. But also, you know, there's this whole is it just a commercial for like, I'm Tom Cruise. I'm so cool. Even though I'm <laughs> aging, I'm still cool. Cause that's fine too. Cause they do that with a lot of actors. But it just felt like, what is this movie about? I kept waiting for it to be about something, but it was just. I liked all the new kids. I thought they were cool. I mean, I think it was just... The new uh, cast was great. Like, you know, like the the new Iceman or whatever yeah, yeah. is there. And like, oh, I loved Val Kilmer's appearance. Yeah, yeah That, that was, was well done that and was great. Good. I liked Val Kilmer. He was cool. I don't know. It just all felt like, why is this movie... Why is it? It's fine. It's an action movie. I don't know. I, I just I, thought it was I just thought it was like a blockbuster. Like sure. it's a throwback to like Look those at the old planes. school Look at the... old school blockbuster yeah. movies. Like I mean it's just like it was a spectacle and it was it was fun. It was awesome. Yeah. A Navy recruitment video, a remake disguised as a sequel, a really good sequel. And I don't know. I mean, I just thought it was a fun, dumb movie. Yeah. Uh but I agree with everything you just said, Daniel. Sure. You know what I mean? It's all just things. It's like you can't oh, really yeah. escape. But but I will culture. I will say though, Tom Cruise and Jennifer Conley are only eight years apart in age. That's not bad. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah, that's, that's actually better than uh, most yeah, that is. castings. All right. Top gun. Anyway, top gun. That's there top you. that's top gun corner. Yeah. All right. Very good. So I have Saga on my pull list at my comic book store, Ooh. and it has started coming out again, 
the problem is is that it's been over a year since a last the last issue came out and i don't know what has happened i don't remember what happened and so oh, right yeah. so i didn't want to i didn't want to re i didn't want to read the new issues until i had reread the old issues so you had to kind of refresh. And, and, and and i haven't done that so right. it's just been piling up the new sure, issues are piling gotta, up like... and i still so finally i sat <laughs> yeah. down um up to issue 32 i think oh wow and like I, I've already read it before, um, the first fifty whatever issues that came out before they took a break. So I already know all the characters that I love that are going to die or horrible things are going to happen to. So I'm able to enjoy it a little bit more because Saga is one of those books. It's like it's so much fun when it's you can. It's so good. It's it's so good, but it's so much more fun when you already <laughs> you already. It's fun on the reread because you're able to. Yes. Uh, uh, when you're reading it the first time through, you're just. They they'll kill anybody. They will kill anybody in that book, and you oh, never right, know yeah. who it's going to be. And horrible things will just happen to a character that they've it's been establishing for a couple of issues. So once I know that already, I'm able to just kind of like this reread has been a little bit more fun. I've been able sure. to enjoy it a little bit more. God, that book is fantastic. It is so good, but it's also like I could never imagine doing a podcast on it because it's so sexually and violently right. graphic. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there is so much of that into it that you really need I, to be in the right headspace. Sure, absolutely. I don't know. Sometimes. Sure. I don't know. I I don't know that everybody would respond to that level of humor or yeah. dialogue. Do you know what I mean? Go I ahead, I do remember Aubrey. it being very intense, yeah. yeah. Wow. So many things to say. Uh, <laughs> You're caught up on Saga? Where, where they stopped, they released three hardback trades, and I'm halfway through the third hardback. Oh, okay. There you go. You're almost caught up. And I promise you, I'm not going to read any more until the next hardback comes out. Ah, okay. Uh, I mean, I might finish what I'm—I might finish three, but like, I want to read it in hardback form because it's just easier to follow. To yeah. be honest with you, I would love to do like a saga theme episode, but I think it's kind of one of those things where it has to be over, and we can just go over the entire story. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they said like the where they stopped. I think it was like 52 or 56 or something like mm -hmm. that. They were like, "We're going to do another." 52 or 56 however many minutes and then that's it that's so it's good. ah okay so when but it's I mean, all over we read all the issues and then we just have one episode where we just spill our guts yeah, on the entire thing i think yeah. saga has so much intensely sensitive stuff yes in it, it does that mm -hmm. we would need to be able to kind of compartmentalize yeah. <laughs> it yes. and kind of do an overall this is what worked about it and yeah, this yeah. is the art is amazing and et cetera. Instead of like, I don't really want to do a beat by beat on yeah, that no. because it's yeah. so intense. Yeah. yeah. So I, it really I, is. I see both sides of it because obviously it's important. I'm not saying that here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that things that are intense are not worthwhile. Obviously that's ridiculous. I'm not saying that things that are uncomfortable are not worthwhile. Obviously it's important to engage with art that makes you feel uncomfortable and pushes your boundaries. And you know, I think that um, it's not for everyone, but the people that it is for, it's so amazing. Although, I mean, it also goes to the thing is, it's like, I wouldn't mind. I mean, John, you can cut this out if you want, but I wouldn't mind doing an episode where we just generally talk about a comic like the Dark Phoenix Saga or Watchmen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's great. That's a great yeah. idea. That'd yeah. be great. No, I won't cut that out. I'm going to leave it okay. in. Okay. Leave um, it in. Leave everything in. And now we're going to go on to our listener feedback. Listener Feedback. Get out, trades and floppies. Get out, hardback copies. Digital is fine. 
read along time. Get out. Um, this week, we got a voice memo. You know, I had one of those uh, things that says, like, uh, you know, when the collect call, and it's like, will you accept a collect call yeah. from? Tell me it's Rocco. <laughs> Tell me it's from Rocco. Hey, you damn guys. Rocco here. Gotta say, great episode. Awesome. You know, I'm really, really digging this Catwoman series. It's, uh, it's pretty good so far. <laughs> Uh, gotta love that intricate reveal, too, huh? Right. Man, it's always super cool seeing magic. <laughs> you know, in Gotham, you run into some magic people uh, every now and then. I never I never met Etrigan myself, but uh, I did see him eat a guy's face one time. <laughs> like, literally eat it. Bit into him like he was an apple. Crazy stuff. <laughs> I also uh, kind of had a crazy night with John Constantine, but uh, <laughs> less said about that, the better. You know what I mean? Oh, man. Also, there was this one time I got poison oak. I'm pretty sure it was from Swamp Thing. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, shit. I, I, I don't know for sure, though. Anyways, Rocco, you've seen a lot. super great episode. Uh... I did. Uh, I, I do gotta. I do gotta eul- eulogize good old King Croc. Oh, oh God! I'm getting worked up over here. He was. Uh, he was always a good guy. And even though, even though he smelled like sewer water, and he broke my pal Stinky's legs one time. It was, uh, it was always a good egg, you know. Oh, Lord, I'm, I'm getting all torn up inside. Uh, uh, Rocco, Rocco. Hey, man, calm down, okay? It, it, it's going to be okay. Here, drink drink some tea. Is, is this that, uh, that honey lavender chamomile stuff? Yeah, yeah, it is, man. Oh, okay, thanks. I'm, uh... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go have a seat and get and, and wind down. Yeah, you, uh, you, you do that, man. Oh, jeez. Hey, you damn guys. Uh, Hayden here. This, uh, this Rocco guy showed up at my house. Said he was going to Star City, but uh, he got lost or something. I, I don't know. He said he was a book club member though, so I've been letting him stay here for a while. But uh, yeah. I have to agree with him. Great episode. And uh, looking forward to the finale. Awesome. Yes. Thank you so much, Hayden Orr. Best Hayden, guys. I'm going (laughs) to award that. That's incredible. Hayden Orr. Hayden Orr, book club member. Yes, that was amazing. Book club extraordinaire. Rocco. Book club member. That was amazing. Yeah, book club member. Thank you so much for your contribution. Hayden, you need that's some incredible voice acting. Yeah. Sincerely, really no, I mean sincerely, that was that's very good. What voice <laughs> acting? What are you, what are you talking really about? Good. That was an inmate from Gotham. Sure, no, absolutely right for sure. There. Yes. And book club member. <laughs> I hope that he made his way to Star City. Yes. I'll send him some bus fare. Oh my gosh. I hope, I hope he gets some topical cream for his visit with uh, Swamp Thing. He's seen a lot. He's like a really seasoned henchman. I would have him on my Ooh. team. I would absolutely. Very good. 
want him in my evil lair for sure. Thank you so much, Hayden. Yes, I really thank appreciate you. That it. That was incredible. Thanks for humoring us. That was by, amazing. By calling in with that. Yes. I really appreciate it. Yes, thank you, Hayden. That was amazing. That was awesome and just wonderful. I sincerely, that was some excellent voice acting. That, that was amazing. Top notch. Really, really good. good. All right. We also heard from Peter Winthrop. Peter Winthrop. Book club member. Yes. Mm-hmm. Peter said, I was thinking for your next movie commentary. What mm. about Constantine? <gasps> yeah. That would be a good one. I love that Ooh, movie. That's yeah. a great yeah. movie. That's a good one. That's yeah. a great movie. We should do some. Uh, I think this new year we're going to try to do that. some more commentaries and stuff like that. People seem to like those. And they're do easy they to like do. Th- why? Well, and yeah. they're easy to do, you know. Uh, because they really like us talking through yeah. movies? That's yeah, fine. I mean, do. it's fine if you do. But I no, love it's Constantine. Do, it's a great movie and if you want to hear us talk over constantine that's fine we'll do that yeah sure if there's any other movies also let Whatever. us know yeah i'll do that we'll start putting them on the schedule keanu reeves tilda swinton it'll be another keanu reeves oh. they all have to Let's be keanu it, reeves man. they all have to be keanu reeves movies I'll do it. now we're going to go on to our book club episode for the week and this week we're continuing our discussion the finale of catwoman lonely city issue four was published on october 25th 2022 um, the hardcover was just released as well on December 24th, 2022. Yeah, I'm so excited to get back into this book. All right, yeah, Danielle, go ahead. Hey, it's Catwoman Lonely City, and we're back. It's such a lonely city, don't you think? <laughs> oh, don't no. you think, boys? We're, we're all the people. Don't you think? We're all the people in this city. Let's I go. I can't find them. Okay, it's They're tangy. there. They're just lonely. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They're so lonely. But there's so many of them. They should all be get, just get together, and oh, then they wouldn't lonely. be lonely anymore. Ah, uh, but it's the future. It's the future the 10 future years ago. Is so but it's lonely. 10 years ago. Oh, okay. It's 10 years ago. It's Fool's Night. And here we are just opening it up on a clip here. The Joker is like, certainly being the Joker here, isn't he? We live in a society. He's definitely doing that. And all yeah. that. He's got James Gordon all tied up onto the bat signal. He's got what appears to be red cartoon dynamite strapped around his chest. And he's like, hey, I can make everyone stop. Doing violence in the streets, but if I do that, I'll kill Commissioner Gordon. So it's a choice between saving Jim Gordon or saving all the people in the street. Right, right. uh, He's so edgy. What a big boy. He makes this comment here at the end of the page. Even you can't have it all, Bruce. Oh, okay. So, okay, yeah. So he knows Batman's identity in this universe. That's a big bombshell. This is page one. You know, yeah. what's your reaction to this? Like, well, I this mean, is they're, page one. They're finally sh- going to show us. First, this is like, oh, we're finally going to see what happened on Fool's Night because, like, right. yeah. And, and I guess maybe this is a discussion for later, but like, yeah, I guess at this point he's figured out that it's Bruce Wayne. So, and I, I, I want to come back to this. Yeah, it, throw it back to me. I will do a, that. Absolutely, <laughs> can't wait to do that. I just want to say, opening up on intense colors, intense. Oh, yeah. action this is oh, as intense it. as it gets and i feel like this sets the stage for the rest of the storytelling yeah and cliff chang is a master of every element of this it's so i'm gonna say it masterful yeah i know i say that a lot it truly is i really like the way he draws a joker in this very first panel yeah. with this the smile and the gun and the dynamite quote unquote uh and commissioner gordon in the background i mean the joker looks maniacal and just kind of sort of crazy and all that but he doesn't look uh unhuman yes he looks maniacal and extreme but he also looks like he could be a person yeah yeah. yes yeah absolutely and i I find that to be 
just fucking scary. Yeah, you know? really scary. And he's yeah. not like a goblin or some like yeah. evil malevolent. He's just like a guy that's unhinged. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, yes. Chris Chang really split the difference here, and I think that it works. It really works. What yeah. you? I mean, it, it, you open it up, and this is what's happening. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. And this this color palette of this yeah. like orange to pink to purple. Yeah. in the background. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's it's truly telling the story. The colors are telling the story. We love that. We cut back to current times, and we last left our hero with Etrigan and the Demon. He has both Catwoman and Poison Ivy by their throats. This is a fantastic page. He's choking them. This is a great page, though. I love how wide they make him. We talked He's about this so a wide. lot. He's wide. He's like oh, a yeah. big chunky boy. His I love that. He looks so big. perfect. Yeah. Really great choices with Etrigan. Um, he has them by their throats. And Catwoman is trying to reason with him. She's like, we had a deal. Etrigan's like, mm, did we though? And he'll use her bones to pick his teeth, etc. I quite like this line here from Selena. She says, by Merlin's beard. <laughs> if we are harmed, Jason will keep you imprisoned for a thousand years. Love that. And, you know, Poison Ivy's like, Merlin's beard? But it really? works. It works. It works, yes. Yeah, it's really good. She's uh, like, just go with it. Just go with it. There's a great panel here with Etrigan. He's like, ugh, fine, whatever. He releases them and... He's just like, like yeah, it's just a lot of great character moments between everybody, and it's, it's great. Merlin's beard. Um, you know, but Selena knows what she's doing. You know, she I've got this. Right. You need you need a yes and me here, Ivy. You need sure. to, you know what I mean? Just go with this. All the body language is so expressive. I love the colors on this page. These are all things we have said before and we'll say again throughout this book, but we have to mention it up top in case anyone stumbled upon this podcast yes. sight unseen. <laughs> like, gosh, I wonder what their opinion is on this art style. It's fucking phenomenal. Next page. So they're walking. <laughs> <laughs> they're walking down a long hallway and Ivy notices that they aren't getting any closer to the wall. At the far end of the corridor, I live for this shit. You guys, I, I live cool for idea. this. Yeah. I love this. That's such a cool oh, idea. Oh, this is so cool. This is starting off with all these like fun ideas, and it's just like a fun adventure, and oh, I love it. All this fantasy shit. And I feel like he's integrated the fantasy shit so well into the gritty, real-world shit. Right. Um, Catwoman checks in with her little earpiece, you know, the little earpiece everybody's wearing. You can't see it, but it's there. Oh yeah, uh, and yeah. you know, well, like when movie, movie people they in movies, the they Avengers, they put right, their hands at their ears, and you know, they're talking to each other. Anyway, uh, she checks in with Winston. How far ahead is the wall? And Winston tells her it's about a hundred feet away. So Etrigan starts. He's impatient. He starts running towards it, and Winston says, "Oh, whoa! Now you're three hundred feet away. What's happening?" Etrigan's like an enchantment, and he proceeds to run down the magical <laughs> corridor at full speed. Well, I like it. The part where Poison Ivy was like talking to Etrigan, she's like. Didn't you used to rhyme and stuff? And oh, he's like, sure. He's like, only a prince of hell may speak with such grace. For my valorous deeds on earth, I have been stripped of my rank and shunned by my infernal peers. Ah, dude, no good deeds undone punished. The truest words, human. I just love that. Yeah, yeah like, sure. Because of all this good I do, all the... Oh, I've been doing so good and they hate me now. I love, right. the, I love the logic applied to... Because that could be one of those things where people are like... How come he rhymes sometimes and then other times he doesn't rhyme? And it's like, right. okay, well, there. I love whenever someone gives like a sure. little excuse. An in-world explanation yes. as opposed like, to yes. some writers do it and some writers don't. And it's a fucking cool explanation, it's too. It's good. It's like oh, it really awesome. Is. You know, it really adds a whole level to his character and his world and everything. So I think that's awesome. I also love how the... Um... This, like, you know, the kind of sketchy style on his eyes 
Cliff Chang kind of makes them like fuzzy eyebrows, right? That you right, would see yeah. on like a mad professor or something. Okay, he's yeah, like a, yeah, in, yeah. infernal. <laughs> he's like an infernal professor. Like sure, he's got yeah. the. I think that that's really cool that he sort of gave them dimension instead of that just being like that's just a detail I have to include. He he made it part of this world. So this panel, Aubrey, where you're saying that Ivy's like, didn't you used to speak in rhymes? I love this panel. I love the character you know, studies that is happening here. The way they're all oh, walking. Yeah. The way Catwoman's walking, stance. the way that Ivy's doing her gestures, the way that their bodies appear. He's hulking and he's kind of, you know, like leaning over and he's walking. It's everything is so the attention to detail. Yeah. Really nice. Oh yeah. But also yeah. the fact that his style is so clean. Anyway, yeah. I'm glad that you stopped us because that is it's yeah, like that's a an sticker. excellent moment. Like I wish I could pull it off. Sure. It's like a little like yeah, a sticker. You it's like it's good. so clean, it's so nice. It's like ah. Uh, Ivy's I, character design, by the way. Incredible. Yeah, Amazing. Really nice. Looks great. And um, Oh yeah. He does a good Etrigan, he does a great Ivy. Everything looks great. So yeah. Good job, Aubrey. Nice pointing that out. That's excellent. You know, Etrigan is he's he's on fire. He's fired up. He's ready to go. He wants to run down this hallway. And uh, he runs down the corridor at full speed, and the wall gets even further away, and that's really irritating for Catwoman. And this is prompting Ivy to ask why Batman would enchant the Batcave, <laughs> to which Catwoman replies, Superman got in once. Once. What is this? I love that. What is this? Okay, so I don't know. Maybe, Aubrey, you can lend some insight to this. I couldn't find reference to Superman breaking into the Batcave. Um, I did find there's an episode of The Batman um that's a series i think that came out in the early 2000s oh sure sure yeah i love um, the they batman. redesigned all the yeah yeah, yeah so batman on, was great sure on uh on season five episode one there's an episode called the batman superman story and apparently superman breaks into the Batcave on that episode okay but i couldn't oh, find I, a comic so reference uh, do you know of any so i didn't or? see any of that but aubrey it sounds like you watched it did you what do you know i think i did I do think I saw that episode, but I saw it like when it premiered, so I don't really remember sure. it that well. Right. But I think it's just kind of more of a reference to the fact that um, Batman is just so prepared. Uh -huh. Like if somebody if somebody does something, he's like, okay, how can I prevent them from doing it yeah, again? Yeah, yeah. And so she's like, oh, Superman got in once. Right. Right. I think it's just and, yeah. AKA see so, like the Superman like the the Superman Batman fight where he's got the Kryptonite ring, etc. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Right? Like okay. yeah, yeah. It, it's just kind of like it's kind of like one of those things where it's like you know I don't know if it has some specific reference as it more has a reference to just the mythology and lore of so he's Batman creating a lore and a mythology of his own he's right. like hey just think about yeah. what would happen if this happened or he's a big fan of the batman cartoon from the early Which, 2000s i mean he, he's pulling references from everywhere else so uh, it's not I would it's say, not it's not out of the realm of possibility i want to give this man an entire animated series of whatever he wants to yeah, do I know, right? so yeah. i wouldn't be surprised if he's a fan of animated series because they're awesome so that's great um, but yeah, so I liked that line, whether or not it's an actual reference to anything, right. it doesn't need to be because he's building his own, like you said, stuff. He's building his own lore and mythology. That's great. We love it. So Etrigan investigates the charm with his magic and it almost looks like some Doctor Strange type stuff happening here. I it like it. I like that. it. It really does. Obviously that's, you know, yes, I don't, I don't, don't fucking email me. I know Marvel and DC are separate, but I really like, I guess what I'm trying to say is I love, um, the way this is depicted. It looks great. Orange and, circle. Uh, it looks really tactile. It looks like he's really doing... I love that he's showing yeah. off... I guess what I'm saying is I love that he's showing off the range of Etrigan's magical s 
you know ability because that kind of sets that up for like what happens later on in the story he can do this and that it does not you know limited to one type of thing yeah just a cursory google of etrig and the demon there are a lot of circle magic yes so it's not just because of a Doctor Strange thing. It's probably also part of no, absolutely. The way That's not what I'm. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. What I'm saying is, I think that if this is the first time you've ever seen Etrigan, you'd be like, "What's this guy about?" And to be able to show off all the different things he can do, I think, is important. But you don't get a lot of time with this character in this story, so he does a lot with a little. Yeah, which is awesome that he kind of any. Any opportunity he has to show off Etrigan's various different types of magic, he he takes that opportunity and he does all these, you know. But he has his own take on it too. It's not always the same. Yeah, I like that. But I love this. I love this next beat where she's all like, "Don't don't give up. Try something like open sesame." Right. So <laughs> like open, he can't open like, the secret open door and sesame. And, she's like, <laughs> and poison ivy's like, "Wow, maybe they shunned you in hell because you're a dick." Right. So yeah, they can't open the door. Catwoman's like, hey, just start trying stuff like open sesame. And uh, I tried to do some research on the origins of this phrase because I don't know, something about it seems vaguely racist. Yeah. Uh, to me, like someone saying open says a me. Right. Like they're right. making fun of someone's sure, accent trying to sure. say, but I don't know. Like that's pure speculation on my part. I did some Googling, I didn't come up with very much. Apparently, it's from the story Alibaba and the 40 Thieves, and I don't know anything oh, about that story. Wow. So I don't know whether the secret password would have something to do with sesame seeds or something. So I honestly don't know. On the surface, that's interesting. it seems like the phrase long time no see where everyone says it but if you think about it for more than a second you're like wait is this vaguely racist so i don't know i don't know so anyway you know uh it's yes if it's bad i hate it and if it's fine whatever so etrigan etrigan makes fun of catwoman here by sarcastically repeating her with very spongebob meme of him and catwoman refuses to give up she's gonna Try every hackneyed cliche in the book. She starts to say abracadabra, but she stops herself mid-phrase. She's remembered something. She tells Etrigan to say open sesame, but backwards, and he does it. And a little bit more enthusiasm, please. Right. (laughs) You know, once more with feeling, right? Uh, So smash cut to Las Vegas, where Zatanna is performing some sort of Chippendales routine. That's fun. (laughs) And she sort of zones out for a second before she continues on. And we get the impression that she lifted the spell for them. Right, um, yeah. Which is, that's a fun or moment. Maybe, I don't know, but I, I'm just, I'm really distracted by this mermaid man in the background. I so awesome. love this whole, everyone's well, wearing was, a ton of fishnets and everything. I was thinking that she did it for Batman. Yeah, that, exactly. Right. Yeah, that's yeah, the implication. Makes, so when Etrigan spell, yeah. breaks it, she's like, oh, like for a second she feels, sure. I think that's so hilarious. Yeah. The, the cut over to Las Vegas. Uh, it's so funny. It's I such feel a great like moment. it's almost like she's involved in that process. It has to go through her. Right. So right. she kind of ends up having to break that spell, whether it's passively or actively, whatever happens. It's almost like she's getting this sort of like low blood sugar moment. Right. Where yeah. This like magic is draining her. And she's like, oh, I shouldn't have had them martinis before the show or whatever. Right, and all yeah. her like. Buff Channing Tatum boys are coming up like, oh, are you okay? Whatever. Right. Anyway, that's fun. I love it. She looks great, by the way. I love this cut over to her. She's doing all right. She Las looks Vegas. great. She's Las Vegas great. is hey, it's not not terrible. No, not at all. If you can get a residency there, like whatever. But yeah, she's uh, so she at Etrigan's right. face when he when it works. Yeah. So the spell is lifted and, he and turns he turns around, around and that's a great. Really moment. good. 
really um, cute. I still want to see Jack Black as Etrigan. I he would, he would, would do a love great job, that. Yeah. Anyway, um, so we get the impression that that the spell is lifted, and uh, the door was a trap. Though the ceiling is dropping in on them. You love that, don't you? Like a like a fun sure, adventure. Yeah, like yeah. it's almost. Yeah, like um, like on Justice League, sure. um, Zack Snyder's Justice League. That's a great no, moment. No, that's not what I meant. Like a, <laughs> you know, like an old like you're exploring and like you're in a thing and then the walls are closing in and. Yeah, I don't like that. No. Why would I like that? Mm. It's an interesting like in, moment. Wait, oh like yeah, okay. no, like it is Zack an interesting Snyder's not- Justice League. No, like <laughs> no. It happens in the Hellboy movie, in the first Hellboy movie. The the walls are closing in. They it have the spikes like, on them. It could be an evil scientist's lair. Or like on Star Wars when be. they're sure, like, sure, exactly. It could where be could he be? Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom. <laughs> Indiana Jones, sure. You know, you're exploring a mythical. <laughs> oh, it's really good. Radio. So the ceiling's dropping in on them. It's a trope, but it's fun. And I love it when we take a trope and we are self-aware about it and we make it fun, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, while this is happening, this is so funny how everyone's just disregarding that this is happening. I would be (laughs) freaked out. (laughs) They're just walking. Yeah, Winston and Selena are talking about how they miss Croc, right? So Etrigan is lifting the ceiling for them to walk under it. It looks like he might not be able to do it by himself, so Ivy helps him. This this tells us... That she is probably the strongest person here who is not a magic user. It seems like it. It seems like she has pulled them out. Or does she out. have magic? Like, what are her powers about? Like It's just plants, I think. Yeah, but is it magical plants or is it like science plants or what's happening? I what think is it's this science poison? Based. Sure. Okay. I think it's science based, but I just, think, just don't think too hard about it. Sure, sure, sure. Absolutely. Agree. But what I'm saying is that. She's comparable to Etrigan, who is magical. So we're meant to think like she's very powerful. Yeah, yeah. So I think that is a great setup. I, I, I appreciate that Cliff Chang is purposefully setting this up for us to be like, oh, wow, she's as powerful as Etrigan, right? Sure, yeah. Um, Ivy helps him out. There's a lot of quipping going on here. <laughs> and Catwoman's like, shut up. Listen, there's a waterfall. <laughs> we got to keep going. And Etrigan uses his freeze powers. Again, another example oh, okay. of different types of powers. He's using his freezing powers to stop the waterfall, and there's just a behemoth of a door behind it. Just the scale of this door. Very ominous. I love this. I love when there's something. But it's something. got a bat signal card it, into it, just it in case. It does. You, yeah. you, to make sure you know you're at the bat cave. To, just to make not, sure you uh, know. It's very Michael Keaton Batman. Yeah, type Do you remember when the bat wing the bat plane flew up into the yeah, moon yeah. and it yes. was the silhouette against the moon, the raddest thing to ever happen in a movie. It looks like that yeah. to me. I love uh, a, a thing hidden behind a waterfall. That's pretty awesome. Oh yeah. That's a, a great, fantastic trope. Yeah, Just every trope, trope you can imagine yeah, yeah. from every movie and video game you ever loved happening all at once. I just got to say, I find it kind of hilarious that Batman would go through the trouble of putting a spell He's a drama the, queen. He's a dramatic cave. diva. And he loves it. Behind the waterfall, there's a giant door with a bat symbol on it. Like, <laughs> He's such a dramatic bitch, All though. Right. He would. Yeah, yeah. He would. So, cutting back to Fool's Night, the colors again on this page. So, it's just the contrast between these two pages. You know? They don't have to be like Fool's Night again because they've no, established the color. Yeah. You know, whenever they cut back and forth to it, it just it really cleans up the storytelling. The palette informs us. Yeah. Beautiful. Love it. Uh, so cutting back to Fool's Night ten years ago, Batman has fucking had it with this guy. 
He straight up tackles the Joker to the ground, starts pummeling him in the face. It looks like Jim Gordon's already dead here. Um, Catwoman picks up the Joker's gun, tries to shoot the Joker with it, but of course it's just a fake gun uh, with a flag, flag and it says bang on it. We love a trope. And Batman is still punching the Joker in the face and in between punches the Joker is talking to Batman. He says, why do you do it, Bruce? Why do you play by rules no one else is following? There's no rhyme or reason in this world. It's all one big joke. I'm so tired of laughing. And that final panel of his face where he grabs Batman by his cape lapels, the expression on his face is haunting. In any other story, I feel like the artist might have drawn him with like a maniacal face, like a wacky, grinning, typical Joker face. Like, look how insane I am. But this expression is so intensely sad. It really catches you off guard. And the whole time all of this is going on, the Joker has a flower shaped pin on the front of his jacket with a digital timer on it that's counting down as the page progresses we see it at five seconds three seconds and finally it gets down to one second and it emits a beep sound and catwoman tries to yell to bruce that he needs to get away but the the bomb the joker is wearing explodes and this is honestly one of the most well-paced pages i think i've ever seen yeah this page is a really great example of when we talk about cinematography in comics the visual storytelling here is phenomenal the camera angles the way the shots are set up the colors the body language it all tells the story if you took the dialogue out of this page you would still know what was going on and you'd still be just as engaged so it's it's action-packed there's so much going on and none of it is confusing. It's just exciting. If I was going to, if if I was like, oh, Cliff Chang, he's great. Oh, who's that? I've never heard of him. Just show him this page. Yeah. And yeah. be like, this guy has a master of all crafts that are involved in comic book storytelling. I think this is interesting just because it's like the final thing with the Joker. Like you were asking earlier, you know, what I thought of this whole thing with the Joker. And it's like, it really gives a lot of insight into that character because you know, you're like, well, what is he about? You know, what is this whole thing? And he's like, in the Dark Knight, you know, most notably, he's like, I'm an agent of chaos or whatever, mm. all this kind of stuff. You know, uh, he finds it funny. You know, he finds all these things funny. And so when he's tired of laughing, this is what's going to happen. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, yeah, it, it, it's not, it has, it, I just think that's really interesting that it's, it is very just selfish. It's like he truly is just chaotic because it's like, well, I don't find this funny anymore, so this is it. I think it's more than that. I think it's he really is in a great deal of pain. There's so much mm. inner turmoil here. And most of the time, it's easy for me personally to dismiss a lot of you know people's interpretation of the Joker as like, wow, we live in a society, great. you know, Or wow, you're so edgy. Just this one facial expression, kind of, there's so much going on in there. This is a very mentally unwell person. For him to be like, I'm going to kill myself, but I'm going to make sure that I fucking kill Bruce Wayne at the exact same right, time. We're going to yeah. fucking die together. He's obsessed with him. And yeah, it's just yeah. so, there's so well, much going on there. I don't know. There's something about it that, yeah, he's an agent of chaos. Obviously, there's all this like, I'm going to, every Gotham is, everyone's doing violence at the same, yeah, there's a lot of that. But it's also like the whole thing about him not smiling as he dies. Right, okay. That yeah. was an interesting He's choice. Laughing. He's not yeah. like, ha, 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 I got you. I'm an agent of chaos. This is funny for me. Well, it's not, though. Like, he's really upset about it. <laughs> he seems upset. So, I don't know. There was something about that that I was like, oh, that's a different thing I have not seen. 
Sure. You yeah. Know? I kind of agree with both of you on this particular point. I agree with John. It's that, um, I mean, for the J- Batman, the Joker dynamic, the whole thing with the Joker is it's like he finds it funny and all that. And then like, but you're right. He is a, you know, deeply in pain type of person, even though he does horrible horrific shit and it's know, hard to do that pain. well it's hard to do that but, well because uh, a lot of it just ends up being like okay great this guy is intolerable and i hate you know what i mean but, the, but then also uh, i was thinking it's just like you know for the last four issues we've been wondering what happened here you know i mean yeah, what yeah. Big maniacal thing what took down the batman and jim gordon at the same time and then we just find out it was just the joker was ready to cash in his chips and he took Batman and Gordon with him. Well, a lot of this has to do with Batman and the Joker's relationship. I think it's kind of implied. I think that it's like they're obsessed with each other. Right. And in his final moments, well, we're about to get to that, but Bruce really expresses a lot of regret about like, oh, (laughs) you know, I feel like the Joker won. Like that, that was his intention. He was like, I'm going to take you with me. This is going to happen. I'm going to goad you into attacking me. And it worked. And I don't know the choice. I think I feel like Bruce really goes over the choices he made in his final moments here, and and it really was like, oh, well, shouldn't have done that, right? right. And it's it's just the to the the obsession there really is at the heart of this kind of dynamic. But really, what's at the heart of the story is not this dynamic. It's the dynamic between Selena and everyone else and i think that that really shines through and it could easily have been overshadowed and overtaken by like oh are we supposed to be interested more in what's going on between joker and bruce but no this story i find myself being like how is selena feeling right what is she feeling in this moment this has to be intense for her you know like this is a lot of when she pulls the gun and it's just yeah it says one that's when he says it's one big joke it's one big joke like that that panel lines up with that piece of dialogue exactly it's brilliant yeah it's really amazing she's involved in this whole scene she's desperately trying to save bruce she's desperately trying to save the city she's part of the bat family she's involved she's invested and at this point, she's working with all of them. She feels like here she there was even a line where she was like, it felt good to be part of something worthwhile and, right. you know, actively helping and all this stuff. And so <clears throat> for Cliff Chang to include her in such a prominent role in this page, in this scene is an excellent choice because this is her story. And so um, we're not really caught up in what's going on between them. We already know what's going on between them. It's implied. But I did like his interpretation of it however brief it was right yeah so back to present day our anti-heroes are still trying to get into the bat cave selena's doing some acrobatics i love all this like it's yeah. like i could hear like the yeah like the ice sounds yeah. and like the dripping oh, the yeah. cave sounds like the echoey for sure like, this little panel where she's on her tiptoes and there's there's those three like exclamation lines like it's like Ugh! like you really you yeah. really feel all those yeah. little like those little pauses and like is she gonna slip is she gonna fall that kind of stuff Babe. it's really done well Babe. what acrobatics acrobatics you get it i like it so she's looking for something uh what is she looking for she she presses this almost imperceptible spot on the wall. I love it. It's a bat shaped button in the wall. Yeah. So much of this is so Indiana Jones. I'm really digging the cartoon goofiness smooshed together with the characters that I actually care about. Give Cliff oh, Chang yeah. an animated series, please. 
Uh, so Selena's on top of this enormous door, and she suddenly slips and is dangling there, just hanging on by one hand above a huge chasm with spikes at the bottom, just the height of dramatic tension here. I love that, yeah. And we cut back to Fool's Night ten years ago. Batman has just been exploded. Selena's running towards him. Even now, Bruce is like talking himself through the stages of right. physical shock, and now he needs to stay conscious. That is so Bruce. Yeah. He even says to Selena, hey, you're bleeding. <laughs> he himself looks fucking awful. It's just a terrible moment. Selena's trying to get him to relax to convince him that help is on the way. And Bruce is lamenting that there was never enough time for the two of them, right, to be together. That's how I interpreted that. I don't know. Right. If I, I've, I'm, There's probably a lot of different for interpretations us. of yeah. that. He says us. So, uh, you know, he talks about how he should have trusted her more. Just brutal. He asks for her hand. And uh, I immediately I read that. I'm like, oh, he's like, give me your hand. I know what's coming. He indicates for her to touch a bat shaped device and a little robotic voice says DNA access granted. <laughs> if you know anything about Bruce fucking Wayne, you know that this was coming. It wasn't going to be a romantic moment. It was going to be like, I got to do more Batman yeah. stuff right before I die. Amazing. <laughs> give me your hand. Give me your hand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> access granted. Yeah, and this has absolutely nothing to do with this story at all. It's definitely not the same kind of moment, but for some reason, it really did remind me of that scene in The Batman where he says, look at me. And Selena's kind of taken in by that oh, for a yeah. moment, and the viewer is meant to feel as though this is a moment full of romantic tension between them, and it turns out he's just checking in on the little secret agent contact lenses that he's right. given her, and she's all <laughs> disappointed and annoyed. I quite like that moment. It's, But it's vibes you know yeah, similar vibes, vibes of that to me it's very you know yeah i feel like if i was so i'm like it would be very like a oh even now he can't like he's dying and he's still is like give me your hand but it's like touch this like device anyway he's dying and selena is holding him very grim stuff um cut back to the bat cave where our crew is still in the process of breaking in i quite like the very dynamic, you know, it's cutting back faster and faster. Oh, yeah. Right yeah. now, before, we would get longer interludes, and now right. it's just, like, back and forth. like Each page. You know, and that's, I feel like that's kind of trying to ramp up the action here. It's very effective. So Selena's hanging there, and she takes this device that we just saw in the flashback. Amazing. Love it. She swings into action. She slaps the device into the bat-shaped indentation in the wall. Uh, I love that. I love the that, whole, right? The, Come that on, that's great. Right. That, that, that. The line by Etrigan where he's like, heh, my kingdom for a horse. My kingdom for a horse. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, the door slams open and creates kind of like a drawbridge over the chasm. So dramatic, but a dramatic bitch. I love him. Oh, my gosh. And a million bats fly out of the door. And I love what Etrigan says here. He's like, if it's true that Batman never killed anyone, it wasn't for a lack of trying, basically. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. Good. That's so good. <laughs> Which, yeah, the guy does things that would absolutely kill just, like, so many people all of the time. But in the magical world of comics, it's fine. Everything's fine. Don't even worry about it. But I I like that, this dramatic moment of all the bats flying out. Yeah. I well, mean, yeah. it's cool. It's great. Like, it's going to happen and there's going to be the music, or whatever, sure, the, sure. the fucking theme or whatever you is going to happen. But it's like, um, uh, but it also serves a story purpose. They, the, the cops see the bats and they yeah. go, look, over there, something's happening. So I just love that, too. It, it's not just something that looks cool. It, serves, it does look cool. Like You're like, oh, this is awesome. But you're like, oh, fuck, this is actually not that cool. There's a story beat right. occurring yes. here you know that I mean? drives the plot forward. Absolutely. Love it. It's interesting. I For don't know. sure. I like, I like stuff like that. Definitely. And uh, so they finally enter the Batcave. 
and it's amazing. Right, Clip, this is a full page splash oh, here. Oh my god, I love this page. Yes, it's Clip so Chang has good. gone old school back cave all the way. We're all 100% here for it every day of the fucking week. We got the giant penny. We got big dinosaur. Hey, we got, do you want to know the details of the things in the I back cave? That. I would love that. We got you. humongous joker card. We got <laughs> tubes full of costumes. We got old back cards. We got creepy looking cave stuff. Stalactites and stalactites. the bridge up. Everything's all wet and gross perfection. John, I would love for you to tell us about the history of some of these more prominent items. Yes. yes. Uh, so we got the giant penny here. This first appeared in World's Finest number 30 in 1947 from the DC Wiki. In almost every iteration, the penny is a memento from Batman's encounter with the penny plunderer. The penny plunderer. I always thought it was like a two-faced thing. Right? Yeah. The guy that we never saw again, though. <laughs> um, the T-Rex. This is from Batman 35 from 1946. The mechanical T-Rex is a robot that first appeared when Batman fought in Murray Hart's theme park known as Dinosaur Island. Beautiful. The Joker card is from Detective Comics 114 from 1946. The white card that is now part of the Batcave was also part of one of Joker's lairs and was later used in one of Joker's schemes in which he used the oversized models of casino games including dice, cards, and pinballs. When the Batman defeated Joker in his own game, he took a couple of the dice and the playing cards. So you see the dice in there, too. That's from the same story. Um, we also have the 1966 Batmobiles in there. I love it! Um, if you look closely, you can also see the tail, the back of the 89 Batmobile. Yeah. Oh, yes. The 1992 Penguins from Batman Returns are also in there. Wait, 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 wait hold on. Go back to the Batmobiles oh, for a second. Are. You know where the uh, 89 Batman is? If you go to the top shelf, there's like the one where it's the big bat face. Oh, you're right. From the 40s. You're right. You're totally right, Aubrey. And there's another one in there. I bet you that's one that we don't. It's probably there's, like the motorcycle there's five or something. There. Yeah, yeah. That's wild. Good there, catch there's there, at least Aubrey. five Batmobiles on this I page. I count. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, yeah. There are five. Uh, but I love this detail of all the scaffolding that's holding everything up. Yeah. Oh, I think it's that's so good. Incredible. I think, like, that's what sells it. Like, I love that all the relics are in there and, like, all the things that we recognize, classic Batcave. But I feel like what sells it is this scaffolding stuff. I don't know. It's so weird. But when I see that, I'm yes. like, wow, that's fucking real. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I don't know. It makes you me know? think, like, all this ridiculous stuff could be yeah actually there yeah sure i don't know i love that hey. i love that level of detail on it when was the penny plunderer story again the uh, world's finest number 30 in 1947 so Let's if you zoom in on the penny on it the says penny, 1947 yeah. oh look at that again cannot zoom in this is a book very good online, yes. but yes it's 1947. <laughs> i'm gonna get you a magnifying glass one day <laughs> so you know everything's all wet and gross we love it perfection <laughs> Uh, Selena asks Winston via her Bluetooth earbuds, I assume. She asks him if he's scanning everything, right? And Winston confirms that he is, in fact, doing this. And when she plugs the box into the system, he'll have direct access. It's like a little Wi-Fi router-looking thing. Uh, Selena suddenly becomes dizzy. And Ivy's like, oh, yeah, that's just the ammonia from the bat guano. Let me do some plant magic for you. Just clear that up a bit. Um, Etrigan's just burning away 10 years I of putrefied idea, yeah. bat shit with magic fire shooting out of his hands. I like that they stopped to do this. This is a fun little moment of like, 
Yeah, there's a massive colony of about a million bats living here well, for a decade. Good fun times. Well, there's some fanboy that would be like, well, technically, sure. um, Ivy and Catwoman and Nitrogen would all pass out because of the ammonia. And they're like, we're going to write that in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I, Or yes. maybe his love of bat colonies prompted him to do sure, that. Because yeah. like bat colonies are fucking dope. And a reality of bat colonies is going to be guano. And so I think that that's... Maybe he himself watched a bunch of Batman movies and saw all the bats in the Batcave like that would be a fucking nightmare, wouldn't it? Right. Here we get a closer look of the Batcave and we also see on the far right is the Red Hood. Um yeah. is right there in a little in a little case and we also see an eight ball. Okay, so this has appeared in a lot of different bat caves, the giant eight ball, and I couldn't find out, figure out what it was from. Is it from that same Joker's story that the dice and the card are from? Dick Sprang did a really giant, um, blown-up, poster-sized diagram of the bat cave, like very detailed, and, and I know the eight ball is in there, but I don't, I don't think it originates from there. Anyway, if anyone knows what the eight ball is from, let me know, because I was curious about that. It's fucking awesome. It's fucking anyway. dope. I like the bat ears on the bat chair in front of the bat pewter. Oh, wow. That's a great detail. That's good. I love that. Yeah. So like us, they all take a moment to admire all the stuff Batman's collected here, all his trophies. Mr. Freeze's freeze gun, what seems to be Penguin's umbrella. Maybe. Um, even some of Selena's stuff, her old mask. Etc. Right. That's from the 1966 Batman. Oh my goodness. TV series. Etrigan comments that this place is full of despair, and Selena says it's not full of despair. It's full of memories. Some memories can be full of despair. Yeah. So I don't know. Whatever. But to her, it's all the memories that she shared with him. Right. Which is very sweet. She just so. hears that surf music. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. Do the bat dance, right? So Selena has this little technology box that Winston gave her, and she plugs it into the bat computer, the bat pewter. Winston mentions that the bat cops are just stealing all the bat technology. We already knew that. And suddenly Selena uncovers the Orpheus pit. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like it. <laughs> Winston gives us... It's just us, like a black oh, I don't pit, like it. right? Yeah. Winston gives us some exposition here. Um talking about how Rachel Ghoul's Lazarus pits would heal injuries and bring people back from the dead, so on and so forth, but it would also drive the person insane. And Winston shows everyone some footage on the Bat Pewter's big screen. Not a bad exposition device, by the way. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty good. It's we better than Wonder Woman opening some emails. Oh, man, <laughs> better than emails for sure. <laughs> we see Alfred. Um, he's dying of cancer, presumably, and he's ready to die. And the, um, But he's like, it's also like, you know, I'm ready to go, but not like this. And Bruce says, oh, we'll do it tonight. So they have like a little plan there. And the next footage we see is Alfred feeling fizz a fiddle, making a big dinner for the two of them he's all strong he's again. carrying this herculean he is turkey he is yeah <laughs> like nothing. one hand and so they're gonna have a big dinner winston says that batman was able to bond the lazarus pit solution to another chemical agent bane's venom Ugh, bruce oh, stop no. stop what are you doing uh selena's doing a little experiment here she asks ivy for the water lily in her hair and uh i like how ivy takes the water lily out of her hair and just grows another one immediately oh right that's out of her cute. hair that's cute what a great yeah i think that's really what a great cute. detail she so a catwoman crunches 
it up so that we can clearly see it's all mashed. And she sticks it into the Orpheus pit and pulls it out and immediately springs back to life. Good as new. To kind of illustrate what this Orpheus pit does. But there's a catch. Winston pulls up some footage from a week later that shows Alfred clearly weakened again. And Batman is saying, I'm not going to go out and be Batman tonight. I want to spend as much time with you, Alfred, as I can. And Alfred's like, I don't want to keep you from your duties as Batman. I'm so proud of you. Go out and just absolutely beat the shit out of some mentally unwell (laughs) criminals. And Winston reveals that Alfred died later that same night, right as we see the water lily shrivel up and die in Selena's hand. So a good, you know... Parallel. This is very... Well, it's a good... Yeah, we're, we're able to see... Okay, we get it, right? Selena is sad and upset. She assumes that Batman just wanted her to bring him back so that he could fight crime for another week or so. Right, yeah. She's like, nothing else mattered to him. Nobody else mattered. Not even me. But that's absolutely not what that footage revealed to me. I mean, in the footage, Bruce stopped being Batman so that he could hang out with Alfred for the short amount of time they had left together. So clearly his personal relationships did matter to him under those circumstances. So I immediately assumed the opposite of what Selena's thinking here. I assumed that Bruce wanted her to bring him back so they could do some big kisses and have a nice time together Maybe, for a few days. Yeah. I don't know. Sure. Rather than their last moments together being just Bruce's all exploded. I don't know. So anyway, she's all sad. And I was like, oh, Selena, it's fine. So she assumes that he just wanted to do more Batmaning. It's super sad. I wanted to give her a hug. Uh, yeah, because so she's like, well, she thought the Orpheus was this whole thing. Yeah. Like that it meant yeah. something. But what it seems like is Batman just wanted her to take him there. And throw him in there so he could come back to life and be Batman still. But, well, the way that she interprets it is right. like, he just wanted to be Batman yeah. for a little longer, but it could have been for any reason. Sure, but to me, my first thought was... He just wanted was, his life saved. My first thought was, oh, he wants to have a sweet little holiday with her before he dies. Like a second chance to say a nice goodbye rather than her last moments together being some violent, horrific drama-rama with the Joker. <laughs> Well, he was saying... Okay, that's what the footage implies to me. Well, what he was saying is he was like, we didn't have enough time for us. Yeah. And then he's like, wait, do this. Yeah. So maybe that maybe you're right on that's that. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I don't know. Well, but when I first read this, I thought of it as like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what. Bruce wanted her to drop her in that pit so he could be Batman for a week. But rereading through this a second time with you guys, I'm all like, I'm on board with Danielle. It's a book club. Because he did say there never is enough time for us he's immediately in his dying moments like so oh i need to like, reevaluate my whole fucking shit yeah, i made a mistake like, yeah i have this pit that i can spend at least one more week with her yeah, yeah right yeah. i don't know so anyway that was a touching moment to me but it was also like oh you know selena if only i could reach through the pages and right. i'm but and then i realized cliff chang has me invested right i'm, yeah. in, I'm like i want to hug this character who's not real and comfort her I don't know. It was very... I stopped reading and realized, like, fuck, he got me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's so, good, though. Anyway, uh, Winston gets a mysterious phone call. It's it's Barbara Gordon. She's tipping him off that the bat cops are coming for them. They're coming after everyone on the team. And when I tell you that this reveal was not what I was expecting, oh, man. So the bat cops are coming after Winston in his hotel room. And the bat cops are also going after Selena's team in the bat cave. But front and center is Harvey Dent and his tank. It's like it's just Harvey Dent rolled oh, in on a right. fucking tank yeah. into the Batcave. I found that so funny. Well, he really likes this bullet, tank. I love his bulletproof vest says mayor. It's it. like <laughs> it's his emotional support tank or something. Right. This Perfect. little slow clap like the absolute dipshit that he is. <laughs> 
Uh, I wanted to go back really quick and look at Winston's jacket here, just because. Oh sure, yeah. In every every time they show him, what he's wearing is a reference to another DC character. Oh okay. I could not figure this one out. I got it. What is it? It's the 1980s blue Aquaman suit. Oh, what? Aubrey, thank what? you so much. I I looked up. Are you kidding? I looked up the electric Superman suit. I looked up Livewire. <laughs> I looked up Captain Cold. I looked up like that was every. Black, wasn't it? I, I I looked up everybody that I could think of. Captain Cold. Look, that was look, actually look, good look guess. that up right now. You'll you'll see what I'm talking about. Wow. <laughs> Oh man, thank Aubrey. you, Aubrey, I'm for coming so through on happy. that. I'm so happy. I'm so pleased. That's great. Hold on, wait. What what is it, Aubrey? The blue Aquaman suit? 1980s blue Aquaman suit. It's terrible, terrible. but I loved it as a kid. That's great, though. Oh, you're yeah, right, Aubrey. Oh my god, that's it. <laughs> Cliff Chang <laughs> digging deep. That's incredible. That is nuts. Wow, oh, love it. Incredible. That is, that is exactly Very it. Very good. Oh my god. Amazing. <laughs> oh man. That is awesome. I actually didn't catch it the first time around either. And I was like, wait, let me go back and look at that jacket. And I was like, Aquaman. <laughs> I, by the way, have been absolutely relying on Aubrey for all of these. Like, I hope Aubrey catches this because I don't know what this is. So thank you for that. I'm so glad that that happened on the show. That was great. Anyway, continue. So, uh, you know, Harvey Dent, uh, he starts to give a little soliloquy about how he's, I really got the better of Catwoman now. And Catwoman's just me like, Etrigan, take them out. Ivy, do not let them come over here. She grabs the freeze gun and starts firing. Etrigan is just, she's just, you know, he's doing all this posturing and she's just like, fuck it. We ball. And Etrigan is absolutely going fucking ham on these guys. He's ripping their heads off and gobbling up their insides. Oh, my and God. That is like, okay. Rocco, you a, were not lying. It went to another level. Rocco was not lying <laughs> about this guy. It's pretty brutal. Uh, and suddenly Harvey brings out his secret weapon. Oh, no, it's Clarion. John, who is this? Talk about Clarion for us, please. You mean Clarion the Witch Boy? Clarion the Witch Boy. That's exactly who I mean. He's a supervillain appearing in comic books in DC Comics. Having first appeared in The Demon Number 7 in 1973, he was created by Jack Kirby, and he's the powerful but mischievous, immature, extra-dimensional warlock who serves as the arch-enemy of Etrigan the Demon. He also has a cat familiar named Tiki, who we see here in the bottom right panel. Uh, The character has also been adapted into media, having made appearances in animated series such as Batman the Animated Series, Young Justice, and Justice League Action. I gotta say, I love his fuckboy swag here. Absolute perfect depiction. They definitely updated his look. <laughs> really good. He's the, such a fucking... The, the Jack I love Kirby, him. The Jack Kirby version just looks like a little boy with a bad haircut. Right. This is great. No, this is fantastic. His like moon necklace and everything, little whatever. I love it. He's great. So Clarion dismisses Etrigan with the reversal poem, and Etrigan explodes into just a pile of guts and blood. Ivy is not impressed. Uh, she wants to know whether magic is always this gross, and it's pretty gross. Jason Blood is now standing in a pile of gore where Etrigan used to be, and he does a big fight. Him and Clarion, they're just really going at it, Dragon Ball Z style. Yeah. Big fantastical explosions of light in the air as they clash Wait. together. It's all very dramatic. Great colors on these pages. 
I like when 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 blood first shows back up. He's like, "Your odds are better with the demon witch boy." Oh, that's he's a like, good line. I'm a witch man now. Yeah, <laughs> you respect. Yes, that is a fantastic, pathetic little line. Very good, Aubrey. So I do good. love that. That is good. Thank you for pointing that out. Oh, and we see you know Tiki kind of turning into a big cat monster. Monster, yeah, yeah very cat good man. stuff. Very good. Um, I love how it just like ramps up. Yeah. Like you're like, holy shit, wait a second. Now there's a magical battle in the middle Big of magical this. Magical battle. It's, it's really stuff. cool. Well, it's kind of like, I think it's kind of funny because you're like, holy shit, now there's a magical battle going on. But then. We must away. So they're they're, they're going to bring the whole away. cave down. Sure, sure. You know what I mean? So well, it's going to happen just, anyway. So they just take that element out of it. Like okay. Jason Blood, Clarion, and Tiki is just like, now you're not, now you're not in the story oh, anymore. Oh, I see. Well, they're too exactly. powerful. They professor <laughs> so X them. They're but too powerful like, for the story. So while the rest of the story is going on, all I'm thinking is like, what the fuck happened with Jason They're battling Blood somewhere. <laughs> they're in some other dimension. <laughs> they're just fighting somewhere for who knows what happened. Well, we're going to come. Actually, now that I think of it, Jason Blood is going to be all right. So we, we do have a little thing that ties it up. Maybe down the line. Well, in any case, uh, so Ivy is taking out some bat cops with her big meat-eating plants here. Catwoman's busting out the fear gas and dosing the bat cops well, with did... it. They're all freaking out. She's using what I thought was Penguin's umbrella, but I I don't know. Is it Scarecrow's No, 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 no. She, she throws a fear gas canister to poison Ivy, oh, and then she shoots it with oh, Penguin's umbrella. I see. Oh, thank you, Aubrey. No, 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 great. Okay, yes, that makes sense. As Aubrey pointed out... Catwoman tosses Ivy the fear gas canister and uh, she throws it and then Catwoman shoots it. So, okay, very good. I was like, what is this umbrella that shoots fear gas? <laughs> anyway, no, that's not what happened. She's a great shot. She's too. great. Everybody's great. Um, thank you, boys, for pointing all that out. Uh, so Harvey instructs the tank to burn everything with flamethrowers, which is apparently a thing this tank can do. Very upsetting. Ivy makes a joke about being a perennial. That's fun. Oh, I like She's, that. You know, don't uh, worry about me. Yeah, I'm a perennial baby. That's fun. So for those who aren't, you know, big gardening fans, she uh, she's referring to plants that endure for a really long time, or maybe like recurring, and sometimes they didn't like appear to last forever. Right, you know, right. Perennials. So anyway, the the fire causes it changes the whole color palette too. Yeah, it really ramps everything up. Really like, intense. Story wise, well, things are ramping up, yeah. but also like color wise, it's making it well. Very the colors dramatic. are helping yeah. to tell that story, that dramatic story. Well, what Ivy says that she's a perennial. She also grabs Lena with her vines and throws her off to the side and catches her in a flower. Oh, that's right. Yes. Well, yeah. Yeah. next to the Orpheus pit. Exactly. So Ivy grabs Selena, tosses her to safety away from the fire. Selena lands in this big soft flower. Uh, very impressive scene here with Ivy. She's making stand against Harvey and the Bat Cops. Very ferocious scene where she's being shot. She gets hit by a few bullets and right. she keeps going. She's using her vines to pull the walls down around them. Yeah, so there's... Just as she's starting to burn up in the fire, an incredibly intense scene with an absolutely horrible outcome. Yeah, I mean, so she's like... I'm a perennial baby. She reaches up and you see the vines and then they're still kind of loose. But then on that bottom panel, there's all the tension as she's Where pulling, she's pulling them. Yeah. They really like focus in on all that. And then when you turn the page, it's just like, ah, yeah. The, the, the body language of her final moments is so yes. amazing. It's so intense and incredible. Just really, she's yeah. burning alive. Yeah. Yeah. And her final, she's, I mean, she's just so strong and so amazing and, like you said, the color palette really telling the story. The color palette really telling the story here, but 
her facial expressions and her body language as well. Just really powerful moments. And um, yeah, Ivy is dead. Yeah, she's her dead. Hair is I fire. Mean, I mean, yeah, you can she's... tell this last panel on the bottom of the page here. I mean, that's her. She's charred corpse. Right. Gosh. In the back cave. Really upsetting, but went out, you know. Just kind of like Croc did, yeah. also like pulling down a wall and start yeah. causing, causing like a temporary blockage. So it's all just like temporary, allowing Catwoman to get one step further in her plan. And we really feel the weight of that yeah. too, of Catwoman losing all her closest friends to her her journey and her mission. Right, and that you see the weight of that. She just collapses like it's just. She takes off this mask. You know, she Selena takes off her mask and is visibly crying. She's losing her friends, and it's just... Yeah, I mean, it's really punctuated well, too, by yeah. the flower dies, Yeah. too. You know, the, the yeah. one that kind of came back, the one that caught her or whatever. So that kind of, like, nails that in case, you know, you were wondering if maybe she's still alive under there. So Harvey and the Bat Cops are trying to get through all the rubble that Ivy created and is now blocking their way into the Batcave, and Selena contemplates... Using the Orpheus pit, you know, to power up, right? And right. Uh, she decides not to. Um, Harvey is firing missiles into the Batcave. Everything in there is being destroyed. So as Harvey's trying to get in there, she's like, no. I spent 10 years living on borrowed time. I won't do it again. And she throws the grenades into the Orpheus yes. pit to kind of destroy that too, first of all. It's like, first of all, I'm going to destroy this fucking thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I think that that's really kind of interesting that that's her first choice in all of this. Absolutely. So she destroys the Orpheus pit. She's not about it. Um, and she cannot get up these stairs. All her weight is on the railing. And she's just like oh, right. dragging yeah. her legs along. I mean, she is just broken. Like mentally and physically broken. So everything's being destroyed. She she put these grenades into the Orpheus pit and Harvey's firing missiles into the Batcave. Uh, so Selena walks over to the Bat computer, the Bat pewter. There's a command screen asking her if she wants to sever all connections. She hits enter. The backup system goes down. So all the backups, all the system that they were working on, they're like, hey, this isn't working anymore. Right, yeah. Um, so now we're outside on the grounds, and uh, there's a bat cop near Harvey Dent, and the cop is like, hey, the system went down, and Harvey's like, get back in there. We got to get into the bat cave. And the cop is like, and he's Harvey like, do Dent, it yourself, yeah, asshole. Yeah, and Harvey Dent shoots him and kills him. Okay, just deranged. Two face. Yeah, two face shoots so, him and kills him. Back inside the bat cave, Selena sits in the bat chair, lamenting her situation. She puts on her old Catwoman mask. That's really cute and beautiful oh, moment yeah. here. I love that. Um, you know, life after Catwoman. Maybe I could have figured it out with enough time, right? Uh, Bruce had saved that mask in the bat cave all those years. It's just. Such an yeah. interesting moment to think about. Well, they had the flashback where they were together. Yeah. That, you know, there was the flashback. That was the mask she was wearing. That was the mask she was wearing. Um, and everything's falling down around her. She seems... It's just a beautiful moment. I just love the way that he punctuates oh, all so of this action with these gorgeous character moments. She seems to have accepted her fate when all of a sudden, here they come. It's Eddie and Edie. It's Riddler and his daughter. They're back. I like her cat outfit. You know, her cat woman. It's cute. The, the cat or whatever you Well, that's the helmet it. that... Winston had designed for yeah. Catwoman, but she's like, I don't know about yeah, that. Yeah, she didn't want to use but it. But Edie decorated it with the uh, the mask. It looks like the mask. Right, so yeah. So that's cool. Anyway, yeah. So they ask Selena where Ivy is, and Selena says, 
it's just her in there and you know obviously the riddler's like i'm so sorry that's horrible you know it's they have like just they don't have much time to do this you know but they grab selena and start making their way out selena asks him how they got in eddie tells her about how he set the hands on the grandfather clock to 10:48, the exact time when bruce's parents were shot just a sad, sad boy with a sad, Gosh, grim yeah. life. We love it, don't we? <laughs> one last riddle that the Riddler got to figure yeah, out. Yeah, one last yes. horrible so detail good. that Bruce Bruce programmed this whole thing. Wow. So they head outside, and Harvey is just standing there with a gun. I found this so humorous. Like, I know it's supposed to be super dramatic. Right. This guy is so pathetic. Like, dude, give it up. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I found that really fucking funny that he's just there with a gun. <laughs> like that's his plan anyway selena's like i fucked up all your shit dickhead and harvey's like well i'll shoot you and selena's like but wait don't you want to flip a coin and make a deal right and he's like damn you're right i want to do that so bad so he, she's like okay here's the deal heads you let us go you can have everything all the access codes and whatever but i gotta be alive for that to work or tails and you can shoot me dead and harvey's like yep sounds good so he flips the coin and he loses. And he starts arguing with himself. Right. He's like, that's not what we want. Yeah, we font, had a deal. I love that. The font changes yeah, up, right? That's really cool. So the font is changing to presumably a different voice. Like it's, he's, oh no, he's the split personalities. It's Two-Face getting you. It's Two-Face. He's back. He's getting you. It's Two-Face. He's got Two-Faces. Blah. <laughs> Blah. So he's about to shoot Catwoman anyway, but Catwoman tells Edie to get him. And she does get him. And... Uh, she throws the battering-shaped technology gadget into Harvey Dent's eye. Yeah, And Selena starts punching him His in the good face. eye, too. His the, good the, eye. The eye on the good side. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so Selena's punching him. Does he him really have a good side? Mm, no, <laughs> he's just kind of both sides are a dick. Both of them. Uh, and so Selena's punching him in the face. And right as she does this, uh, Wayne Manor collapses into a big heap of rubble. I like how she's all like, when she's punching, she's like, this is for Croc. Yeah. And this is for Ivy. Yeah. And so everything falls down. And uh, now we're seeing the aftermath of this on the news. They're reporting on the body cam footage from the cop that Harvey Dent shot and killed. So Dent was put into Arkham, where he will presumably become much, much worse. Uh, <laughs> more protests happening around the city. We cut to election night, and Barbara Gordon has won the election. She's the new mayor of Gotham. Good fucking luck with that. Gotham for all. Sure. She gives a nice speech about standing up for each other and being nice to each other. Uh, cut over to the ruins of Wayne Manor. Oh, whoa, whoa, wait, hold on. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. We, we get one shot of Jason Blood here. We do. That's so, Yeah, he's drinking some tea. And he's got a little orange cat. <gasps> the baby. That's oh, Tiki. Yeah, that's Tiki. So that tells me that he defeated Clarion and took his familiar. Oh. And now he's drinking some tea with the little cat. Oh, Tiki. I want to see the adventures of Jason Blood and Tiki. Can I get just a little, like a little well, two-page one-shot of them? Right, yeah. Oh, man. And uh, 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 go so ahead, Audrey. That's so cute and sweet. I like it when we cut back to Barbara Gordon. She's like holding her dad's pipe. Her father's and then, pipe, yeah. Yeah, and then the, you know, um, the person behind her is sleeping in the bed with the Batman Green Lantern. That's Wayne. sheets. And then um That's bad that's Ace the Bat Hound little stuffed. He's got the, the little sheets and everything. <laughs> yeah, Ooh. that's a great he's got the Wayne has the Justice League sheets and, and the, the Ace and the, the Bat Hound. Yeah. Oh, so cute. Very cute. All the details on this page are really wonderful. Anyway, so now we cut now we can cut to the 
I'm so caught up on that panel with Tiki. I can't believe I didn't notice that. Yeah, so I love him. That kind that of that, panel, I, I yes. like. I like that it wraps up what happened because we were like, wait a minute, that's great. They though. just zapped him away, and then what happened next? But it's like, well, something good happened, I guess. You I know? I need a little two page one shot with him and Tiki with Jason Botiki, and I need a little Cliff Chang. Also, give it to us. Yes, but I want to follow up. <laughs> I also want to follow up with uh, Wayne. With this kid, like the adventures of like, what is he up to? Yeah. You know what I mean? All of these little yeah. characters in here are so great. And um, I'm invested in all of them. I really am invested in them. Very good. So uh, we're uh, cut over to the ruins of Wayne Manor. And a big red tree has grown out of the spot where Ivy died. It's yeah. nice. I'm a perennial baby. I'm a perennial baby. Do you think that she could come back? Do you think that she could be under the roots? I don't know. I don't think and, that's Catwoman's in the roots thing. or something like that. I mean, we saw her destroy the Orpheus pit. Batman would absolutely, if that was like his friend, yeah. he would clone that person and it would be a big horrific thing. But you don't think that don't the know. roots could grow a new ivy under there? I don't know. Or like just on their own kind of a thing? Like or an ivy maybe. situation. Mm, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but I was going to say, maybe it's an, uh, an ivy offspring. Like an I am Groot situation. Oh, sure. Okay. Hey, many I. Anyway, that, that makes me want. I don't know. I, I I love this page, and it makes me want to think that. It I, makes me want to think. I that. feel like it's just look at this beautiful symbolism of you know. Right. Right. Uh, where where there was death, now there's life. Sure. Or where where love grows, so does hope, or right. something sappy like that. I think it's just again well, it, sap sappy. It goes along Sappy, with the line. get it, babe. Do you get it? Yeah, I get it. That <laughs> was good. Treat. Yeah, that was good. No, I just, I, I think well, it's just more like, oh, look at the sacrifice that happened here. It's growing out of the ruins of, it could have been sad, but, you know, something good happened or, I don't know. Well, it's going along with this line that's being said, unbeatable when we stand up for each other. Yes, absolutely. Cut over to Gotham City at night. Edie is flipping all around. She's wearing the technology cat mask that Winston made. And Selena's helping her and training her uh, by, I assume the eyes of the mask are cameras, and Selena can see what Edie sees on a computer screen. Right. And did sure. you see, did you notice the whip? The, yeah, the, I love that's that. Good. Whip. It's got the, the, the balls of yarn at the end of it, or God, that's incredible. I Pretty love that. Pretty good. It's really good. So they're, they're preparing to do a heist on the penguins' shipping containers. That's fun. The mouth opens up. Yeah, it kind of goes to back, reveal like her a, face. That's like Iron so Man cool. Or I love fun. that. That was really fun. That's good stuff. There's a moment here where Winston is cheering Edie on, and he's like, "Yeah, baby, that's great." And the Riddler just clocks him on yeah. the head with a big green question mark. Kane, like, riddle me this. Don't call my daughter baby. Ugh. Yeah. What's with all the baby stuff? And Winston's like, "That's not a riddle. <laughs> that's not a riddle." <laughs> Did you notice Winston's swag here? Fair play. Fair play. <gasps> oh. Notice that I had to look at that real close. I need glasses. That's a reference to Mr. Yes, Terrific. Mr. Terrific. He has wow. that. Uh, he has that signature that's phrase great. on his jacket. I didn't see that. Oh, I really need glasses. Yeah. Man, that's great. Oh, I love, I love that. that. They that's had to throw one in there at the end. I'm yes. Just like ah, oh, so good. Mr. It's, Terrific. Good it's stuff. Barely in there. Very nice. So yeah, they do a little thing where he's like, ah, my daughter, and uh, <laughs> Catwoman, you know, gives him a little smooch and says she'll see him later. And walks up to what? street level. Oh, go ahead. So I want to talk about this because when we when we talked about their little, you know, they were together on a previous episode, 
Um, and I, and I was like, I don't really think this is like a I'm in love with you type of thing. It's just like, but yeah, but then it, people died. Yeah, so now they do have a relationship. Well, she got closure too. Right. Like I right. feel like yeah, she lost two of her closest friends. Yeah, yeah. She did this whole thing where she blew up her old lover's mansion, and then it's like now she's taking Edie under her wing and is training her. So she's tied to this man. Well, and, and, and I, they have a very deep relationship now. They've been through a lot of bullshit and they she, they saved her life and it's like a whole thing and I feel like they already had this deep connection from being such close friends and whatever and yeah. they got caught up. This was an inevitable thing at the end of the story. Well, and I think that that's like it it shows me that through this moment because I was like cuz in my head I'm like, yeah, Catwoman would never do that. She's too much like Batman where she's like I'm alone and you know what I mean, but it's like and that's how they were kind of setting her up in this book to be. Oh, yeah. But And then they even gave that whole story on the prison and what happened to her there and mm -hmm. why she was alone. It's called Catwoman Lonely City. That's the name of the book. Mm -hmm. So it's like when we saw that interaction with them, that romantic moment previously, I was like, ah, this isn't a real thing because it doesn't go along with what they've established. But here they're kind of showing, well, no, she's different. This is this, yeah. this, this is a character arc. The, yes, the, we're, the, this is character development. This yeah. experience has changed her, and now she is the type of person that could do this. Absolutely. Type of thing. What you would it take I mean? to make Catwoman exactly into you know a family I mean? gal? So, I, I think that's really interesting. Absolutely. That, uh, that we actually talked about it as we were reading it. That like, nah, yeah. I don't think so. It really goes to show you like how they. How Cliff Chang is making a full character arc in Absolutely. this book. And he's giving you something at the end to show that we've gone from A to B. You know what this I mean? This whole thing has been about found family. And yeah. the progress that can be made through found family. The strength and the hope and the love and the the real power that that has. You know, we're unbeatable when we stand up for each other. And even earlier when it was just like, uh, there's a cop harassing a guy on the street. And some other guy's like, that's not cool little moments like that these aren't main characters right, but we, it's right. peppered into everything in this story and so yeah catwoman's you know she's coy she's playful she's not gonna settle down but like um, they're gonna settle down in the most catwoman way possible which is she's gonna train riddler's daughter yeah. to be the new catwoman and whatever like she's you know that's they're a found family and that's all they have is each other and so when you start to lose people you care about, that only becomes more punctuated and more important. And so I do like that. I think that it does fit at the end of the story. It yeah, wouldn't have at the yeah. beginning, but that's character development, baby. I also noticed, like, okay, because it's it's Edie watching it, and she's got those big cat eyes. And then when we cut back over to Selena, she's in the cat eye. She's in that circle of it. There's, like... It's a lens. There's all these panels yeah. around her and stuff like that. And she's taking off gloves. So was she doing something? Like, what? Like, is it like a virtual reality thing or something? Like, what is... I thought that was it. Like, what is happening right there? They've got some sort of setup. Winston's got some screens. Some sort of... Well, okay. So she might be able to see which, you know... Um, she says, uh, see that handhold on your but right? But then, like... Uh, but then, like, there's like the boxes up there and all that. Should the the gloves probably interact with those menus and all that? Yeah. Oh, right. Well, she's walking her through the environment. She's so like, look at that drain pipe. She's look at doing that like a Minority Report on the screens <laughs> or whatever yeah. that Edie can see in her display. That's fucking awesome. That's amazing. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. That totally makes sense. You're right, Aubrey. The little screens that are in her vision. Catwoman's controlling those. 
Awesome. I love that. Very cool. So Selena walks up from their little lair up to street level where she meets up with an old friend. Here she is. She's back. And we learn that Selena's apparently had a knee replacement and plans on getting the other knee replaced soon, pleasantries and so forth. Rowena's wearing the Kal-El. Yeah, um, sure. And then uh, the granddaughter, Dorothy, is wearing a Sorrow. Sorrow, yeah, yeah that's so good. That's pretty good. And uh, Selena walks on into the night. Another lovely shot. It's just the, the last panel on this page, but it's so beautiful. Really nice. Really yeah. nice. All the lanterns and things. Um, we cut over to a rooftop where Barbara Gordon is seemingly speaking to herself. She says, did you know my dad was a little bit deaf in one ear? It made it easier to sneak up on him. Always love a good callback like that to an old That's chestnut. So you know, that old chestnut sneaking up and sneaking away. Definitely one of my favorite bat tropes for sure. Yeah, yeah. Barbara yeah. says, you can come out now, Selena. Oh, and also, Barbara was Batgirl, so yeah. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah, absolutely. It's good. It's fun stuff. You know, it's the it's the whole, she's the new Commissioner Gordon. She's the mayor, though, but it's, you know, and yeah. Selena is doing the Batman thing where she's hiding and she comes it's out. It's really good. Yeah. It's good. Um, just this one bottom panel where she's like, if you say so, and then they just, they're just there for one beat. Oh, yeah, that little pause there. I love that. That's, that's gorgeous. like That's Commissioner Gordon Batman right there. It really and, is. And they have the smoke coming out, but it's like the smoke from their breath, but normally it'd be like from the pipe, from Gordon's pipe and stuff like that. Oh, you know yeah. What I mean? And like the eyes are just how they would draw Gordon's glasses with just like Absolutely. All, the all yellow. Like it's just like, ah, when I saw that panel, I was like, this is a Gordon Batman panel. Absolutely. That they're just like. Uh, it was anyway. I thought that no, it's was fantastic. So it's fabulous. It the whole really thing good. is is actually blocked like that. Yeah. I mean, when Selena's turned to the side and everything, and when she's everything, kind of looked, she's yeah, very, yeah, it's she's she's very it's very subtle, but it's gorgeous, and it's, it's a perfect Batman Jim Gordon situation. Except it's it's our femme fatales. Yes, yes. Instead, it's great. No, it's it's lovely. It's wonderful, and they're. They're they're wonderful characters in their own right, and Cliff Chang is like they can stand on their own, and we're like, yes, we believe you, absolutely. And this is the thing about whenever I you know read or hear or see anything about ah well this movie or wouldn't work because of this, this book wouldn't work because you can't have a lady can't carry a movie, and it's like well if you write it well it will be fine. If you don't write it like trash and garbage, then it'll be great. You know, I don't understand why. Just write it good. Just draw it good. Just do it good. The way that Cliff Chang's doing it. But yeah, they're they're having their little their little meetup bat style, right? And Selena comments on how the buildings are too modern. They're made of too much glass, and she doesn't recognize Gotham anymore. Barbara says her dad would have agreed. And oh, by the way, I'm mad. I would have preferred it if I had just won the election on my own. It would have sent a better message. Gorgeous lighting on these pages, know, by the way. The really lighting good. is so, I'm going to say it, masterful, but it is. Yeah. It's amazing. Barbara continues on about how Gotham is a mess, and she needs Selena's help to clean it up. And Selena's like, who, me? I'm just an old jewel thief. Clearly not. Clearly you're an extremely yeah. capable and dangerous adversary. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? You just achieved all these feats of like superhuman skill, and now you're trying to be all coy about it. Fuck out of here with that. And Barbara, too, though, she's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I would have preferred it if, I, if it had been a clean win. I didn't want your help. You're yeah, a filthy yeah. criminal, blah. But then she immediately turns around like, hey, I reckon I'm going to want you to do more sneaky crime stuff. I can only do so much out in the open in the day. But you and your mischievous little gang of criminals, you should help me. Pick a fucking lane. So Barbara's like, listen, 
you love this city, and I love this city, and we should help the city. And there's a bit of a pause here. As that beat is yes, so great. Where it's he's just great. Like, she's like, be a part of the future. And then they j- she just thinks about it for a little so bit. So good. Catwoman's considering everything. And she looks up, and we get a big, wide shot of the city all lit up at night, just the colors and everything. And Catwoman says, I was wrong. The city looks great. The buildings look like jewels. Whoa. Yeah. Hey, boys, what do you think about that? Whoa. Yeah. Okay. I'm- so the moment where Catwoman says, like, these modern buildings look out of place to me, and, like, you see the city, and it looks like like classic Gotham and all that, and then you start seeing, like, little spreads of the city, you know, sprinkled in, and then you turn to this, and it's, like, three pages later, you turn to this last page, and it's these giant, beautiful-looking skyscrapers. I'm just like, that is so awesome. Yeah, that's really nice. You even still see a little tiny bit. There's some Art Deco stuff. Like you were saying, just at the beginning of the scene, there's a little bit of that here and there. And um, it is kind of, you know, the skyscrapers do tower above them and it kind of envelops the city. But like down at the bottom, you still see the old yeah. types of buildings. And so I do very much love the lighting here. I love the all the drama and of it. And it's really beautiful. And it kind of, you know, it, it wraps it up really nicely it kind of stays on theme and is, and gives us more to look forward to and our and our minds we're still putting these little guys into little situations right and yeah. it's just very um yeah well i i like this last scene i think it's really important and i think the dialogue is really important it kind of like ties it all up together i actually read this three page exchange twice um to really kind of like get it down you know because she's like oh all these modern glass buildings they feel out of place I can't help you, Barbara. I'm just an old jewel thief, you know? And then Barbara's like, well, you can help me out, and uh, you can take a little bit on the side, too, you know? Who cares if I lose a little bit of money? And she thinks about it, and she's like, I'm sorry, Barbara. I was wrong about these new buildings. They look great at night, like jewels. And that makes me think, like, she's like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to get this. You know what I mean? Then she's like, yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? props to Cliff Chang, like... How old is Catwoman right now? Yeah, yeah. And she's still like, fuck it. I'm going to fucking do <laughs> I'm gonna this. I'm going to fucking do it. She, like, can't, she can't help herself. It's and- beautiful. That's so gorgeous. She, you know, it's it's not just a young person's game. It's anyone's fucking life yeah. is meant to be lived at any age. Well, she's got she's got her crew. She's got Eddie and Edie. And she's like, yeah, I'm an old jewel thief. Right. The city looks like jewels Exactly. To me. You know what yes. I mean? And but it's I feel like-, like in so many comic books and so many movies, we see like, Oh, are you over the age of 40? Right. Are you right. 50? Are you 60? And you're a woman? Fuck no. Cut off. Like, we're not having a 50-year-old woman in this movie. Ridiculous. We're not having 60-something woman in this movie. Ridiculous. Life is meant to be lived at any age, and clearly Selena is ready to keep going. And yeah. this, I want to fucking see it. Yeah. I think that's amazing. And it's, it's really like, good. Yeah, he's just showing, like, characters can be all the better for having lived this long life there's so much in there there's so much you know pat like all the past is full of stories and drama and it's just becomes more and more rich and more just the the tapestry is yeah well i mean there's so much to it and i think that that's when i read this scene i it i tie it back to the scene that they had previously where barbara was basically like was it all worth it? Like all the fighting that we yeah. did, like what did we actually accomplish? You know what I mean? And it's like this kind of coming back around to it. I mean, if you're putting yourself in the story, Batman and the Joker are gone. 
you know, all this kind of stuff is kind of over. You mm. know what I mean? Um, th- you know, there's going to be some kind of fallout from the bat cops and all the stuff that Two Face did, but they really do have an opportunity to do some good. You know what I mean? Like they do have yeah. an opportunity to like do the Batman and Jim Gordon thing, but do it right this time. And I don't know. You know what I mean? And like, to be fucking bad also. Like, to, yeah. that's not good to be a vigilante. <laughs> that's fucking, yeah. that's, that's still pretty fucking dangerous. Yeah. They're like raiding all these, like, you know, del- containers and stuff and whatever they're right, doing. Right. Like, I mean, they're still living on the edge. And I feel like there's just still so much to it. It's just such a rich, intense story full of all these people's lives are so interwoven in all of this past and backstory and looking forward to the future does there's there's it's it's still possible and for him to how did he do it how the fuck did he do this i mean it's amazing yeah so i did want to talk about the collected version um a little bit of a controversy i don't know a little bit of a controversy with the collected version okay um so i i ordered the collected version um, and I ordered this retailer. Oh, in, yeah. I, I, I ordered right. this uh, retailer variant because the retailers, they get a certain amount of the special variant. And the special variant, it has a special dust cover that when you open it up, it's got all the sketches. It's a big poster full it's of sketches. It's a big poster of the sketches nice. and stuff like that. And yeah. I really wanted to get it. So I ordered it. And, and I'm not going to say what comic store I got it from. But no, I ordered it. From, I, ordered, I ordered it from a comic book store. And I got it. It was in the shrink wrap. Yeah. It was to be very, clear, it's not their fault. It was, it was very securely packaged. And then when I opened it, like the pages were all wavy and weird, like warped and like crinkled-y. When a, when, when a, like when a book is water damaged, almost. Yeah. You know what I mean? It seemed but water damaged. It, I, I, but it it was sealed. Yeah. And when I emailed them, they were like, "Oh, well, this is a result of DC using cheap paper in their books, and mm. that, so we can't do a replacement on it." And I was like, "Well, that kind of sucks." And I was just like, "Sure." And I was also wondering, like. Is that bullshit, too? Like, I don't know. I guess if anyone out there has gotten a hardcover version of the Catwoman Lonely City, like, let me know. Like, was it all fucked up on the inside? Like, it, it, it it's especially evident in the beginning and the end of the book. But the pages are clearly, like, kind of warped and stuff like that. It's not um, kind of. It's actually very... Yeah. Um... Um, so that's unfortunate. Uh, but other than that, uh, it has got a, it's got a great special features section at the end. Um, it's got all the different covers because there were different covers throughout the book. But it's got a great note by the editor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you mind if I read this. No, please. Um, it's, it's great. Because you were asking, how did he do it? Yeah. So I thought this was really interesting. The editor, um, this is from Chris Conroy. He says, as you no doubt noticed right from the title page of this collection, Catwoman Lonely City was written, drawn, colored, and lettered by Cliff Chang, a thorough demonstration of its mastery over every element of the medium. As I told him repeatedly throughout the multi-year process of making this book, he likely didn't even need me, as Cliff started his career working in editorial at DC's Vertical Imprint, learning from some of the best editors the comics industry has ever had. Because Cliff was responsible for every step of the page-making process, you might assume that his workflow was loose and organic and built for internal shorthand, but in fact, it was highly structured. Unlike many artists writing for themselves, who will often lay down a loose story or plot outline and then build their scene work on the page, Cliff wrote the entire series in traditional comics full script format before starting in on the art. Those scripts were then proofread and locked as final dialogue early on. Again, a departure from comics in which text is written after the art, 
or at least adjust it at the late stage to suit the art. Mm -hmm. Because Cliff then proceeded to hand-draw the balloon forms into the art as graphic elements to keep the meticulous control over the visual design of the page. The lettering itself, the actual words, was done digitally to establish the initial shape of those hand-drawn forms. Amazing. As a result, the first step of the art was loose breakdowns, which were then completely lettered, and here again, Cliff proceeded through the entire series, laying out all four issues in rough but very readable and fully developed form before turning his attention to the final art. Wow. At this stage, the entirety of Catwoman Lonely City was fully readable for the folks inside DC, <laughs> and I did indeed share pages widely to draw attention to the excellent work we had on our hands. Once those blueprints for the series were set, very few major changes were made along the way to dialogue or art, and Cliff said about completing the pages in full pencils, inks, and color, again, not shortening or leading any steps in the process by, say, going straight from breakdowns to inks. At this point, he had moved through the issues. Cliff tackled those tasks on a scene-by-scene basis, completing all the pencils for an 8- to 12-page sequence or scene, then inking that scene, then coloring it. Wow. And only after that, proceeding to pencils for the next scene. As a result, each dramatic unit was finished as a complete individual thought. The care and attention Cliff brought to every gesture, pose, outline, panel, line, and page screams off of the series. I consider it to be one of the most dazzling comics I've ever worked on from a craft perspective. And for it to be one of the most intensely emotional movie stories I've ever edited, on top of it feels like a career gift I'll never be able to repay. If you enjoyed reading it half as much as I enjoyed seeing it come to life, then I know you are a very satisfied audience. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was amazing to uh, read it that he like went through the entire process process. of every single thing and then completed each page entirely before moving on to the next page. And it's just like... I that's mean, nuts. That's yeah, just I mean, fascinating. You're, you're, you're holding yourself to a standard that no one. It's like when the Joker says, "Why are you playing by rules that nobody cares about?" It's like yeah. you're holding yourself to a standard that no one else is going to even know about, except for the editor putting this note in the book. He's Batman. But it's like of comics. But we do know it because we can tell. We it. can see that on you know every I mean? page. It's like just it's, the... it's, it's it's what makes it stand out. And yeah. I mean, when you read that, it's like well, no wonder. Uh-huh. You know, well, no wonder. I mean. I had no idea that Cliff Chang worked in DC editorial for years. So, I mean, he could be his it own shows, editor. Though, I mean, it saying, shows he why... insists on doing it yeah. right. And the passion behind every single moment of every panel of every page. And, like, when we're doing a book like this where we're th- – this has happened a very few times on the podcast where we're reading something as it comes out. I'm always like, man, I hope that fourth issue doesn't suck. You know what I mean? Like, oh, man. Um, I, I, I hope that it that it pays off. You know what I mean? I hope well, that the ending is, like I, – I hope the ending is satisfying. You know what I mean? And, like, well, and I so think I it only definitely had, – yeah. I only had the chance to read this once. Before making my notes. And I wish I could have gone. I, I usually like to go back and read it like two or three times before we get together and and uh, do this. But I, I'd read it like one time and I made my notes and I, I came back. But so it I think that that shows too because, you know, I'm so excited. Like I've only read this one time. I haven't read it three times. And you guys are pointing out various things that I accidentally missed. And that's typically when I go back and read it a couple more times, I pick up on those things like, Oh, I missed that before. Oh, I didn't catch that before. And it almost felt like reading it with y'all because y'all were like, Oh, but wait, stop. (laughs) You missed this. And uh, you know, that was so exciting for me to be like, Oh yeah, look at that. But that's, you know, 
a, one of those rare instances where I've got someone to actually like point that out to me and everything. And <laughs> that was really fun. And it felt, it felt really exciting. It felt like a book club oh, and this, yes. but he put so much into it. It's so dense. There's just so much to yeah. it, but it doesn't yeah. feel like a chore. I feel like I flew through it. Yeah. There's just so much to pick up on and so much to enjoy, but it's also very, it, the pacing is really action packed and feels like it flows well. And I don't know. It's just oh, so, yeah. How can he do so many different things so well all at once? It's amazing. What yeah. an achievement. Incredible. Yeah, I definitely expect to see this on a lot of Eisner award lists or whatever. At least an Eisner. Something. I don't know what year it has to come be qualified or whatever, but anyway, uh, amazing book. At I really least one, it. Yeah. but should be several yeah. Eisners for this. Great job on the notes as well. That was awesome. Oh, yeah, I had fun. Good. I had a lot good. of fun with this. I think this is my favorite comics that I read in 2022. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, nice. For yeah. sure. You yeah. know what? Uh, as we're wrapping up the year, I don't know. Yeah, I might have to give it to this as being the best comic that I read this year. Just as just thinking back on what an achievement this is. Yeah. Every element of it, every aspect of it yeah. comes together to be so something really, truly different and something to celebrate. Yeah. 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 Really cool. And I really hope we get to visit revisit this particular world of Catwoman Lonely City again. I just want a little I just want a, like a bunch of little one shots of everybody yeah. in their own little what are they up to? I don't know, you know? man. Like I like I, I, I <laughs> like would, an epilogue issue. I, I would like that too. I, I think an epilogue issue would be great. I also think like if this is all that there is, like Oh, absolutely. No, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. That's totally, fine totally. too. Like I almost like don't want to touch no, it. No, 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 no. It's like yeah. don't touch it anymore. No, no, no. Stop messing with it. It's like Well, I mean Let me amend that, that to say that, I'd love to see a lot of, of fan art like, about it, I guess, yeah, is yeah. what I mean. I don't know. Well, I mean, it could go either way. Like, you know, it could be like a sequel could be really good or just like really hammy and all that because I mean, I'm also kind of curious about what else is going on in the DC world during this time with yeah. no Batman. You know? I don't want to speak for but, you, but, but I think but what you mean also, is you love these specific guys getting into little situations. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's part of me that I was like, well, where's Superman right now? Or where's Wonder Woman? Oh, no. Yeah. You know, but then also, I'm always, no. if you bring that in, that's just too much. It's too much. Right, right. You know, it's better to speculate where they are. Unless there's a specific reason to bring them in. I like yeah. how grounded yeah. it is. And the magic that like, we do get is very, like, gr grimy magic. Yeah. Where's Green Arrow? Sure, sure. I liked the self-contained nature of the story. I liked that yeah. it focused on Catwoman. I think that it was oh, the fact yeah. that it's from her perspective is really the the treasure here of yeah. it. Yeah. He saw the value in the nature of what 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 would the story look like yeah. from from her perspective at this age, and I really liked all okay. of that. Another thing, I really love the colors in this comic. Oh, yeah, I really for sure. I, I really kind of feel like for a while comics just got kind of sort of bland in their coloring a little bit. So you mean yeah. all but the like, fucking just everything is gray? I feel like colors are starting to come back and wow, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean really I really nice. do. It's it's refreshing. I don't necessarily mean that I want Cliff Chang to create an epilogue to this. What I mean is I would like to see some fucking like just some fan art or some quick little comic strips of people enjoying these characters or something because you know I I we get a lot of that with some of the bigger stuff but I just worry that this is just too under the radar. Yeah. I want more people to be 
as in love with this as I am. And I feel like if anyone comes into contact with it, they're going to like it yeah. on some level. Yeah. Even if you're like, yeah. uh, I don't like Batman stories. That's too mainstream. Okay, you at least have to appreciate just the quality of the craftsmanship of the body language and the the cinematography and the colors and the whatever it is. And I mean, the plot uh, itself. Uh, Batman, Catwoman killed Batman and now it's just about Catwoman. <laughs> and then what? And then there's no Commissioner Gordon. It's just Barbara Gordon. Uh, uh. It's a fascinating character <laughs> exploration. And this it's comic's really just too woke, man. <laughs> it shows what you can achieve when you really give a shit about what's going on to the page. Yeah. It's really yeah. nice. It's nice. Yeah. It's refreshing. Awesome. Yeah, no, great discussion. I'm so glad we got to cover this comic. I'm glad we got to the finale. Yeah. And I think it definitely lived up to the hype of the book. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so um, the trade is out now, so you can pick that up. Um, let me know how your hardcovers look, what condition they are, or you could just get it the digital as well. And I hope that you guys um, all catch up with the story. Let us know what you thought on the next episode. Excellent job on the notes there. Thank you so much, Danielle, for bringing us through that episode. <laughs> And now Aubrey's going to say all the things. All right, everybody. Catwoman, Lonely City. My favorite comic of the year. I would want to hear what you thought of it. Send us a hey, you damn guys at bookclubmembercomics at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at bookclubmembercomics and on Twitter at bookclubmembers if it hasn't exploded. Uh, <laughs> and as always, you can always find all of our resources on our Facebook About section, our Podbean website, and our link trees on Instagram and Twitter. As always, a special thank you to uh, Paul from Gatahan for the letters, letter theme. What is it? What listener, is it? Feedback. listener feedback theme. Thank you, Why Paul. My brain go crazy. Our music is from Only Beast. Our logos are from Ross Radke and Matt Strackbine, the letter hack himself. Yes. Um, let's see. You can find the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. And when you're there, open it up and give us a five-star review. And if you like what you're hearing, tell a friend and have them join the book club. Have everybody join. It's so much fun over here. Do it. Next week, we're going back to the world of Scott Pilgrim and reading Scott Pilgrim Volume 2, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yeah. So you know what to do. Get out those trades, omnis, digitals, black and white color versions. It doesn't matter. And join us next week on Book Club Member Comics. Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I'm John Salinas. I'm wondering if magic is always this gross. <laughs> And I'm Bobby Lovelace saying, Bye Merlin's beard! <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one.